Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95 as the clock hits 2 p.m. It is time to tell you everything that is happening. I felt like and there was a timer. Yeah. <laughs> as the clock hits 2. As the clock has hit 2 p.m., it is time to tell you guys everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, and as Omni likes to say it, today is hump day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about how Emirati students right here in the UAE have created code and design robots for space exploration as part of a competition. Yes, indeed. I love whenever we talk about space exploration and what students have been doing to help the UAE advance in this sector. Coming up on today's show, we have lots of news regarding people who want to purchase the new Apple 13. It has been quite the dilemma getting your hands on one of those phones especially if you wanted to get the iphone 13 pro max we do know that the issue behind all of this is shortage in chips shortage in supply in general that's exactly why apple decided to cut down on the production of one of the ipads but now we've got more specific news on why supply chains issues have actually been forcing apple to stop making the iphone 13 and we may just not be able to find any iPhone 13s in October. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we're also talking about how a tiny AI-powered robot is learning to explore the ocean all on its own. Now, you do know, guys, that we haven't explored all of the ocean just yet. (laughs) The ocean is very, very deep and wide, and we haven't had the technology to explore it. And, you know, for humans to go deep down, uh, you know, the pressure would kill a lot of humans, unfortunately, and, you know, It is a very risky and dangerous job. And that is why robots are here to do the jobs that are too risky for us. And I think it's going to be crazy what this AI-powered robot will find out and explore. Yes, indeed. And in the world of weird tech, we are talking about weird tech that is coming in handy right here in the UAE. Emirati researchers have created a -a one-of-a-type face mask that could potentially help prevent any future outbreaks. What are the features of this mask and how does it function? We're going to be sharing all this and so much more in just a few moments. Yes, and we're talking about the metaverse, ladies and gentlemen, but it's not quite the metaverse, but meta is launching its own virtual world. And that is what I've been waiting for for the longest time. Best believe I will be on the metaverse when it comes out. Now, we are do you know. going to be in the virtual world that's I, already here? Yeah, well, I, I, I do want to, you know, get into the metaverse. You know, they are calling it Horizon Worlds. Mm-hmm. So that is very interesting and exciting for me. And I'm very excited to, you know, talk about the story with you guys. So do keep Pulse95 locked because we're going to be right back. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Students right here in the UAE are going places when it comes to space exploration projects and competitions. And today we're talking about a set of students who have created coded and designed robots for space exploration what were the robots that nasa created called i think there was the mars rover the lunar rover there were so many so honestly nasa step aside because we've got so many students from the international academic school that are actually creating winning droids for this challenge and i must say you know they're golden (laughs) quite literally because these robots are somewhat of an inspiration from a lot of sci-fi movies and from the other hand from on another hand they kind of look like you've just won an award in outer space 
Yes, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, we've known for the longest time that U.S. and China have been the superpowers, and even Russia, superpowers when it does come to space exploration. But now we're looking at firms like SpaceX is also, you know, jumping into the race to space. But right here in the Middle East, we have the UAE showing its stance when it does come to space exploration. And, you know, we do know that over the past few months after the Hope probe, students in the Emirates have created rockets which were on display at a contest in the United States. And a lot of institutions did have opened for these opportunities via virtual reality as well as educational satellites for students to test their ideas in realistic settings. Now, the country which is set to send out a robotic rover called the Rashid to the moon by next year. And, you know, before it does go and push ahead towards a mission in an asteroid belt, they have also rolled out a contest for students where they do get to create their own droids for space research. And this is just mm -hmm. another initiative by the UAE to get pupils, to get students into the race to space and to teach them more about space exploration so we can have more Emirati astronauts. Yes, indeed. So behind every astronaut that the world sees, behind every Emirati astronaut, there is an army of researchers, students who are actually dedicating all of their studies to be able to aid in this field. Now, to dive a little bit deeper into what this competition was about. This contest that was held by the International Academic School in Dubai actually encouraged a lot, and it was not just one school, it was multiple schools, but this school, the students mm -hmm. in it won the most awards. It kind of encouraged a lot of students to create, code, design, a lot of smart machines so that they can go ahead and have the Mars mission in mind. We did send a rover to Mars, which is the Hope Probe. But at the same time, we have a much bigger goal, which is to build the first human settlement on the surface of the Red Planet by the year 2117. And that's exactly why these students were creating different robots that can collect samples from the surface of Mars, that can measure the scope of sustainability on the surface of Mars, see if it would even be habitable for us human beings. And we've definitely seen the Red Planet gain a lot of traction. So many countries, China, US, UAE, they've all been sending probes to the Red Planet. But young talent going ahead and kind of competing side by side with NASA, that is something that you'll only be able to find at schools right here in the UAE. Yes, 100%. Now, uh, you know, I've lived in the U.S. for a big chunk of my life, and I don't recall any competitions for space exploration when it does come to students. Most of the time, it was already well-developed, you know, people already in the field, whether they were scientists, researchers, or astronauts. So looking at the UAE, and how they are targeting the young talent and showing the young talent that you are capable of creating a robot, for creating a drone. And if it is sustainable, if whatever you're creating is good enough, we just might, you know, tweak it up a little bit and send it to space as well. And this is a huge incentive for the UAE students right here and the UAE to go out and explore not only space, but their own brains when it does come to creating robots and, you know, a contest where you have prizes is always a great incentive to get the mind going. I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, are you ready to create and code and design a robot that might just go to space? Our text lines are open. We are taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking about the supply chain issues that Apple has faced when it did come to the iPhone 13. Daily Digital News.
Bits and bytes connect our world. Bits and bytes do connect our world, ladies and gentlemen. And today, you know, the topic of discussion, as always, has to, con- you know, conclude something with Apple. <laughs> and, you know, we're talking about the supply chain issues that has forced Apple to stop making iPhone 13s in the month of October. Now, you know, with the iPhone 13s, if you didn't pre-order it, it's been a very hard time to get your hands on one. And can I and say it's a lot more expensive, like a lot of places or let's say what do they call them like the the collaborators with apple um a lot of places that sell smartphones are actually using that shortage and selling the phone for a lot more expensive than you'd find it on apple yes and you know that is because of the supply chain issues that have forced apple to you know put a hold on the iphone 13s and earlier this year we were telling you guys how even apple started taking out chips out of their ipads and putting it into their iphones and it has been already known that Apple has had a tough time meeting its 2021 iPhone production goals. Now, for the first time in over a decade, Apple was forced to halt the production of iPhones at several of its contractor open plants in China in October of 2021. Now, unfortunately for Apple, these measures were taken at just about the time the company does usually ramp up its production to cater the spike in demand for iPhones in the November-December period, as this period is mostly for Christmas in the United mm-hmm. States and around the world, and a lot of people like to gift each other, and a lot of people have extra money towards the end of the year and will go out and buy themselves gifts. Absolutely, and that has been the main issue with the Apple with the iPhone 13. People are not able to find it anywhere, and pre-ordering it off of Apple, I must say, it's a, it's a great experience because they're very professional, but it will take a long period of time. So now we're like almost 15th of December. There is no way if you were to pre-order it or order it off of the Apple website that you're going to get it by Christmas, let's say, or the New Year's even. It's It takes a long time. And looking at it, I feel like if if Apple was facing such a big shortage, they, they shouldn't have even released iPhone 13 to begin with. Because even though there aren't much of of a big change in comparison to the iPhone 12, people are still intrigued in purchasing it. Now, a supply chain manager at one of the plants revealed that these manufacturing facilities usually move to a 24-hour production schedule in October. So with Apple and how the production works, by the month of October, people are working or employees are working 24 hours a day. And those workers are given extra shifts, paid a little bit extra, but we always know that workers are not always treated the best. This time around, though, workers were getting time off to coincide with the Chinese golden holiday season. And it doesn't make sense to give them overtime work or to work them overtime when chips and components are already short supply. Mm -hmm. So the workers are or in that case would have been paid more and not have had anything to work with. There aren't any chips And this has never happened in the past. Apple has never faced such a big shortage. So Mm -hmm. unfortunate for uh, people who wanted the iPhone 13. But Mm -hmm. personally, I feel like there's not much change in it. Just go get yourself an iPhone 12 instead. Yes. Now, you know, a lot of people uh, would love to upgrade to the iPhone 13. Me being one of them now. A lot of reports do cite the several reasons for the supply chain crisis. And that is primarily the unexpected power restrictions that have been imposed by China Mm -hmm. following an energy crisis in September and October. Now, Apple did not face any issues sourcing crucial components like processors and modems. It's the availability of the smaller components that have led to the current crisis. 
Now, some of those components that are in short supply do include power management chips from Texas Instruments, transceivers from Nexperia, and connectivity chips from Broadcom. And again, we have to always put into consideration COVID-19 pandemic. And most of these countries like Malaysia and Vietnam have been affected by the COVID-19 induced lockdown. So that is why we're looking at supply chain issues when it does come to the Apple's iPhone 13. And that is why it's taken about two weeks to pre-order an iPhone 13 Mm -hmm. from the Apple store. And just like Omnia did mention, if you go to any shop right here in the UAE, they will be charging you 200 to 400 more on these iPhones because it's very hard to get your hands on them. And be surprised. It's a lot more, actually. It's almost a thousand dirham difference. Imagine. (laughs) Really? I I, I don't believe a lot of people would pay that a thousand dirham difference. Mm, Like... I don't know. I remember a friend of mine wanted to purchase it. Uh, they were looking at uh, Shut Up DJ. They were looking at a lot of a lot of stores, and almost all of them were charging at least a thousand dirhams extra. So the difference is huge. Ordering it off of Apple would definitely give you a much better deal, and you're getting something that you know is 100% authentic. But you do have to pre-order early so that you can get your iPhone on time, especially if you're planning to gift it to anyone. Let us know if you've purchased the iPhone 13. We'd love to hear your experience with it. But coming up on today's show, we're talking all about a tiny, tiny AI-powered robot that is doing big things when it comes to exploring the ocean on its own and making sure that the part of Earth that is least explored is getting its own fair share of exploration. Check this out. Check this out. Did you know that almost 80% of the world's oceans are left unexplored? You'd be surprised because, you know, we're, we're out here exploring outer space, but when we're talking about right here on planet Earth, no one has actually ever thought to explore the 80% of water bodies that are left unexplored. But now scientists are asking for the help of our fellow robots to help them out when it comes to this job. There is a tiny AI powered robot that is learning to explore the ocean on its own. And honestly, I'm so excited to see what findings he'll be able to give us because no one has ever honestly thought of creating robots for for the ocean i mean i'm sure some people did but none that have actually made headlines yes and again we do know that you know we haven't discovered around 80 percent of the ocean just yet and you know the traditional way is using ships and they are the primary way to collect information about the seas but we do know that they're very costly to send out very frequently now most recently robotic buoys called the argo floats have been drifting within the currents, diving up and down to take variety of measurements of of depths up to 6,500 feet. And we have looked at submarines as well. And, you know, one of the most robotic per se, uh, you know, submarine I have seen Mm -hmm. is when it came to the Titanic Omnia. And when they were exploring the Titanic, I used to see, you know, that submarine with arms and everything. (laughs) And they would go and explore the Titanic when it was sunken under the sea. But when it does come to Carl the Bot, it is a palm-sized aquatic robot that looks like a cross between a pill capsule and a Dumbo octopus. Now, it does have motors for swimming around, is weighed up to stay upright, and does have sensors that can detect pressure, depth, acceleration, and even orientation. Now, everything that the Carl Bot does is powered by a microcontroller inside, which, by the way, has a one one megabyte processor (laughs) 
that is smaller than a postage stamp. So we're just looking at the power of this processor. One megabyte is basically nothing. To open a web page, you probably need more than that. So, you know, to look at how small of a processor that is needed and what it will be giving back to us is just amazing. It is. And what's even more amazing is when you find out how this tiny robot was done. It was actually 3D printed at home by a graduate student named Peter Gerarsen. And honestly, it's just it's phenomenal to think that a small effort, actually it was a big effort, but like something that was built in a small space, it was built in his very own home, could potentially help us explore the biggest part of planet Earth. We do know that water makes up the majority of planet Earth. So as of right now, coral can still be remotely controlled, but to really get to the deepest part of the oceans, we do need to have him evolve a little bit more. He needs to learn how to navigate the mighty oceans on his own. And they are developing AI algorithms to help him do just that. Let us know, are you excited for Carl the bot? And did you know that 80% of the bodies of water right here on planet Earth are actually left unexplored? Lots and lots is in store right here on today's show. So make sure you keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. Pulse 95. Would you wear this mask? I That's got you by surprise. It's a really good question now. You know, mm. I actually like electric masks. I, mean. I actually like your masks. I wanted to ask you last time where you got your masks from. Which Guys, one? If, you, if you're watching us on YouTube or if you watch our YouTube videos, you don't have it on you now? Uh, are you talking about the N95s? You wear an N95. I used to wear an N95. No, the ones that have like like a double. That's layer. the N95. Really? Yeah. Because I'm used to the N95 being like those bulky ones. That yeah, that, that's the one I use. Is the N95s. Mm-hmm. And you know. No, I feel so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel dumb about it. Because they look cool, and I just thought they yeah, were That's why I bought them because they look cool. It makes me look like I I know what I'm doing when it comes to COVID-19. <laughs> My God. But we do know that. As you know, we live in this innovative, you know, world. People will always try to use innovation in our daily lives, and that is what Emirati researchers right here in the UAE have done. They have invented an electric face mask, which kills viruses to prevent outbreaks. Now, the innovative gear is a timely innovation for you know the new normal, as new variants do continue to infect people. Now, as the health infrastructure in major countries across the world have struggled to cope with the rising hospitalizations along with difficulties in monitoring infections during the pandemic. Obviously, the UAE and its neighbors in the Gulf have displayed their ability to use screening devices paired with online apps to detect and prevent and track uh, positive COVID-19 patients. Now, you know, we've seen breathalyzers, thermal cameras, and even methods to spot coronavirus from a person's voice were deployed all across the UAE and the Middle East, while even ultraviolet technology was also used for purifying the air and to sanitize the hospitals as well. And that was obviously to avoid and prevent any major outbreak. But now we have up the notch right here in the UAE (laughs) once again, as we always do, by bringing you guys an electric face mask. Yes, indeed. And this face mask was actually done by a team at UAE University in Al Ain. So the mask 
works in a very interesting way. It has electrodes on it, which is not something that you'd expect to find in a face mask, especially one that is catered towards fighting outbreaks. So it has two graphene electrodes attached to it, and those electrodes are connected to a power source. And you can actually kind of control them from a distance so that you can cover the entire surface that you're in. Once these electrodes are activated, they create an electric field, which basically means any virus coming within this electric field we can easily say bye-bye to it. It's like an electric fence, Omnium. Exactly you know, that. You know the the, the, the hanging electric lamps yep. for the flies? Yep. You know, you ever be at like a restaurant, then you hear, pow, 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 pow. I hate that noise so <laughs> right? much. Hear, pow, pow, pow. I feel like I'm, I'm in a war zone with flies. And then you just see the flies dropping down. It's the same thing. Dropping but dead. Instead of the flies, it's COVID-19 and the electric gate is in, on your face. And other outbreaks, not yeah. just the COVID-19. It's like, yeah. you name it. It's amazing. And I, and I personally feel like, you know, the power of, you know, innovation, again, the power of innovation, the power of technology has brought us to the level that we are today. And again, we're looking at how this was devised by a team at the UAE University. And, you know, just like Omnia said, the mask has two graphene electrodes attached to it. And again, we'd always have to raise awareness when it does come to COVID-19. And it's about personal health during the pandemic and obviously has led to a higher demand for portable devices like tiny oximeters as well as wearable wristbands that do collect fitness data as well. And a lot of people who were COVID-19 positive on the mm -hmm. were given a wristband mm -hmm. and it was kind of like, an, like a smartwatch that detected all your vitals and it was being sent to the Ministry of Health and Pre Prevention Mohap right here in the UAE. And again, when we're looking at this type of technology, we're looking at a new normal. We should be able to adapt to COVID-19. Yes, we are fighting it. We are preventing it. But like we said, and I said this all the way back in you know 2020, we will never we will never beat COVID-19. And even if we did, something else is going to yeah, come into the picture. We will never beat COVID-19. But what we will be doing is learning to live alongside it. And, and, you know, that being said, protecting ourselves. And, you know, this team at UAE University has the great idea. And it's not only that, it looks pretty darn cool. <laughs> it definitely does. And I love the fact that it's going to, it's kind of like a, a, a plan for the future. Because, yes, we can create vaccines and masks to help protect us from COVID-19. But what if it evolves, which we have seen with the Omicron variant? And things are evolving very quickly. Viruses are rising every day now. So having something that could potentially be, we could say like a cure for all or prevention for, for all, which is going to be amazing, just coming into fruition. And they're actually going to be trying to get a patent for this new face mask in the next seven months so hopefully soon enough we can find it out there on the market and people can go ahead and purchase it as you've mentioned it looks very cool it's even glowing in the dark so that's nice to anything that glows in the dark <laughs> on me is automatically cool it is were you one of those kids who used to love the sneakers yeah the sneakers that would yeah light up. you know i always had i used to have those light up sneakers and you know mm. thank you bob and mama you guys made me the cool kid back in school i had what? the heelys that oh lit up God. as well so you'd be catching me in fourth period, <laughs> riding down the hallways the with the Heelys. And I remember, oh man, those Heelys were good times. Let <laughs> us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, we are taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking all about the metaverse. Tech this out. Tech this out. Oh.
95. The real world, the virtual world, the metaverse. <laughs> How many worlds are we living in right now? It feels like I can't even keep count of them. And Omnia, you're not the only one. A lot of people, you know, aren't able to comprehend the real life, nonetheless, a virtual life. And what's the difference between a virtual life and a meta life? Like Virtual life, I can be Hanny the Conqueror. <laughs> in real life, I'm just Hanny Belkis on Future Talk. Oh God. But in real life, I, I mean, virtual life, I could be Hanny the Conqueror of Worlds. And what about the meta world? Because Facebook, apparently, they're drawing a big distinction between the metaverse and then the virtual, virtual world. And as it should be, again, you know, virtual world, Omnia. Mm will be an escape from reality once again and a lot of people use gaming as an escape from reality and i personally when i was a child i used to game a lot and so, a lot of people get very mm. invested into that omnium mm. and some even ruin their lives playing virtual games that one of them being world of warcraft i know a man till this day mm. i met him when i was 18. Mm. he's now 45 years old and he plays world of warcraft religiously and it is and he has his own brand and everything 44 45 45 yes and you know when you ask him why he does that mm. he says it gives me a meaning in life you know not a lot of people only in the united states they work a nine to five yeah and they come back home and they're done for the day true you know they don't they, they don't they're, they don't have other things to do and mark zuckerberg mm -hmm. and meta they acknowledge that there's a lot of people like that and when we talk about virtual worlds, Omnia, mm. the number one thing that comes to my mind is IMVU. If you Google real quick, Omnia, IMVU, you will see it as a virtual... I-M or I-N-V-U? I-M-V-U. Okay. Now, if you Google that real quick, that was a virtual world in the early 2000s, Omnia, that did a very, very good job, and you can meet and greet people on that world. It was a metaverse. It was a metaverse. It was one of the earliest metaverses mm. in that time. And when we're only talking about metaverse as well, I mean, metaverse has a very, 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 very solid construction of becoming very economically beneficial to human beings and to normal people, not only to companies. Mm. There are so many virtual worlds and cryptocurrencies that are skyrocketing, skyrocketing in price because of virtual worlds and mark zuckerberg is not the first man to think about that but he's the first platform mm. of such stature to come out with this idea makes sense what's interesting to me though is i used to think that the metaverse yes <laughs> that the metaverse and you know the virtual world were one and now i'm coming to find or starting to acknowledge that to zuckerberg this doesn't exist it's not that way so we have the real world, which we're all living in, and then you've got the virtual world, just like you said, it could be an escape from the real world. So you can, it could be gaming, it could be, I don't know, a movie that you're totally immersed in. And then you've got the metaverse, which is like a mixture of your real world with your virtual world. A world where you can use AR and VR in your real life setting, but be living in a different, a different storyline, which is quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, Facebook, they've officially launched the first free application for socializing in virtual reality. It's been long in the making and it goes by the name Horizon Worlds. It's open to anyone for free, mm -hmm. age 18 years and above. And all you'll need is a Quest 2 headset and you can access it in two countries for now, but it's definitely gonna be widespread in just a couple of months. So in the United States and Canada so far.
Yes, now, I mean, you see, the thing with virtual worlds and why people love virtual worlds mm. is because not only is it an escape for reality, but it gives people an alter ego, right? Mm, now, yes, I was just going to say if, that. <laughs> if you paid attention to what I said, Omni, I yeah. said on the virtual world, I could be Hani the Conqueror of Worlds. My God, that's your alter In ego. real life, I am Hani Bilqis on Future Talk. So, you know, mm. it helps with people who... who, who it's like you get to live your more. character. You can li- you can live your character, Omnia. And I know a lot of people that you would not suspect this person has that character. I have a friend. He is a you know young guy. He's 22 years old, 23 years old. Very skinny, mm. right? Thin guy. You know, um, he looks a little bit I nerdy. Feel like I'm, I know where you're going. And with this. in World of Warcraft, he is a destroyer. Right, like this guy, you don't mess with him, and he has. When he walks into the lobbies, you know, to the battlegrounds, everyone's like, "Oh, there he comes!" Right, (laughs) and everyone be again. So for some people, they have to live up to their ego, right? Mm. They have to live up to their brand, to their name, and a lot of people love games, and a lot of people love to create, you know, virtual worlds in their games. Now, I'm gonna give you a quick thing. Mm. Our forefathers, our fathers, right? Our fathers. When they sat down on a Friday night, mm. they had their nice old playing cards and they would play cards until the morning. Yeah. And then after that came the Atari. True. Right? And they oh, would play. Oh, that was so yeah. fun. I, I, we, we, you, you kind of, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> what am I trying to say? We, we, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we, we gave us all. No, I mean, didn't you um, come across one? Yes. They yeah, played okay. Atari and then after that came out the Nintendo SNEDs. And then came out the Nintendo 64s. And then, you know, the they started playing games together. And our generation, Omnia, will start, have already started, you know, playing games online with each other. Fortnite, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, our kids need to go out. But that is their quality time with each other. The same way our fathers had quality time playing cards. And the next page, the next generation, or even this one. Well, soon enough, spend time on the metaverse. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, your guys' thoughts, 4215. But this does conclude Future Talk for today. We might see you guys next time on the metaverse. Who knows, <laughs> right? I'm like, why would we might? We, we might. Will, we hopefully. will. We hopefully, we will see each other on the metaverse. But we will, for a fact, inshallah, see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95.